Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's time for one more hour of the Hot Corner. Hi, my name's Alfred Delia. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. It's time for the second game of our radio doubleheader. Boxing flies one in the air to left center. up to the plate for hour two you want a piece of me this is the hot corner on 1080 look this is america this is why we're here is to play the game of baseball the freedoms that we have the fan welcome into the second hour of the hot corner if you missed in the first hour you can download that the les schwab tires podcast at 1080 the fan or on the odyssey app or Wherever you get your podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, that weird guy under the bridge that sells it to you for half the price, Uh, not Spotify. Yeah. Vainify, but everywhere else. Um, Coming up in 15 minutes, uh, we're going to slide over to the NFL and have a little bit of fun with that because there's a couple games this weekend that even as a casual NFL fan, I am quite excited for. And before we dive into too much, I just wanted to tell you this out there because I just told Patrick it before uh, we came back. But uh, the Blazers scored 47 points in the second quarter tonight. Impressive. The most points that they've scored in a quarter this entire season. Awesome. And they're only leading by two at halftime. Defense optional. Classic. Has it been the route? Hasn't that been the route lately? Um, that's been defense optional. literally since Chauncey's press conference when he said, not much of a defensive guy. Well, like, whoa. <laughs> and I feel like in the beginning days, it was kind of like, let's hope that doesn't turn into <clears throat> a thing. It, it's funny because as a player, he was a great defensive guy. Uh, it's, it's funny because, uh, in the early days, I feel like all they talked about was being better at defense at defense, being better defensively. Sorry for the slip. Uh, and then they got to a point where it's like, oh, man, we suck. Let's just chuck it. And here we are. 42 points in the second half. Up by two. On Utah. Who plays in Utah? Uh, Lori Markinen is having an absolutely incredible year. Oh, yeah, the seven-footer with the acne on his back. That is 100%. <laughs> From Arizona. That's my guy. 100%. Where, gosh, dang it. Where is it? I know it's a Yeah, dude, that's somewhere. my guy. The seven-foot Bam. kid that strokes it with the acne on his back. Yeah, I watched him in Arizona. He was great. I loved him. Finally. I comes, loved him. Comes full, full circle. Full circle. Uh, 
Yeah, it's like Sacramento wins games. How are they any good? Oh, they got little they got little sobs. Yes, they do. Yeah, and he's pretty good. Having a great year. Having well. a great year. Although he hurt his thumb, right? Did I hear that? Yeah, I don't know if he's still out or I don't know. I haven't been keeping too many tabs. So uh clearly. let's let's get into this. The uh we will spend the next weeks leading up to the regular season kind of previewing divisions one at a time. Uh, we like to save the American League West for the end. We'll bring Big John in on the show and we'll dive into that. So we'll save that. We'll save that for him. We'll do the National League Central this week. We'll do the American League Central next week. I'm I'm so sorry to do this, but especially as somebody that watched the American League Central for decades and still sometimes sneakily watches the American League Central, um, these are just not great divisions. Um, they haven't been for a little while, especially in the American League, but we're focused on the National League Central. And, like, let's, let's not beat around the bush here, okay? Pittsburgh is going to be bad again. Um, they've picked up some assets. Andrew McCutcheon is back in Pittsburgh. Carlos Santana signed a one-year deal in Pittsburgh. Uh, and then there's this Brian Reynolds situation. Uh, they claim they want to keep him. <clears throat> he doesn't want to be there. I do think Pittsburgh is brewing something in their minor league system. Uh, I think they have attempted to go the Astros route. If I were them, I wouldn't blame them if they don't want to trade Brian Reynolds. We'll just see how that comes to a head. But I always love it when I see teams like Pittsburgh Pirates sign Carlos Santana to a one-year deal. And it's like, sweet, at the trade deadline, he's going to go somewhere, and they're going to get maybe a prospect that's a little iffy. We'll see how that turns out. Like, isn't that what that is, right? Like, Pittsburgh's going to get terrible. It's going to be the trade deadline. And they'll deal Carlos Santana, and he'll land on a team like he did last year with the Mariners, and probably have an impact for somebody. Are we talking about the Pirates last year, the year before, or the next year, year, the year after? Oh, next year, yeah, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, so the Pirates are bad. <clears throat> I don't know if they're the worst team in baseball. I don't think they're there, uh, but they could be. Uh, the team that I think actually might be the worst team in baseball is the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, they are going to be terrible. Uh, they got rid of all of their guys. But they should have a farm system that gets a little better. So they could be one of those, if you want to watch uh, future baseball, that could be maybe your team. Uh, but for year, for a few years now, this, this division has been Cubs, Cardinals, Brewers. Um, I think the window on the Brewers has probably, is probably starting to close. Um, the MVP form and the superstardom that I on this show predicted uh, is not coming true with Christian Yelich. As much as I love him as a player, uh, he's just not that guy that we thought he was going to be. Unfortunately. And, you know, the Brewers dealt Colton Wong. He's a Mariner now. And they've now got holes. Uh, they, I think they won the Josh Hader trade. Uh, and Woodruff is still one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I like Craig Council as a manager. I just think this team is too similar to a Tampa Bay Rays team without the talent of Tampa Bay, if that makes sense. Some good pieces, small market, smart baseball, no bad contracts. I just don't know if they have it. They will compete. They're not going to be terrible. I mean, the one thing that 
they have going for them is pitching. Yeah. So that, you know, say what you will about offense if it's not a doesn't have as much firepower. Well, we have seen that a lot in Seattle. If you don't have that, then you can still lose ball games. But at least they have pitching in Milwaukee. That is true. And I, I would love it if Christian Yelich was comeback player of the year or finished fourth in the MVP voting. I think I, I just really like the way he plays baseball, and I've always rooted for him. Uh, but this, he won an MVP and then fell off the face of the earth, you know? I don't know if it's a uh, Milwaukee Brewer thing because Ryan Braun did the same, although we found out that he was actually cheating, and that's why he fell off. Uh, but, yeah, so that, that concerns me. I don't think they're going to be very good. I don't think they're going to be terrible, but I think they're going to be middling. The really interesting question is going to be, I think what the Cubs look like. I, I was gonna say I was the Cubs. They obviously weren't a playoff team last year, but they finished the season very strong. Post All Star break, the Cubs that were I think they were undefeated against. It was the Phillies and the, the Mets. Mets. Yeah, I want to say I remember the Mets for sure. Uh, I like Seiya Suzuki. I think he's really good. Uh, I think. You know, it's too too often we get players that come over from the Japanese league or the Korean league, and they don't really pan out. I think Suzuki is great. Um, he didn't have the best year last year. Dealt with a little bit of injuries, but the year before in New York, I loved the the revitalized Marcus Stroman. You know, I'd like to see if he can put on a good campaign next year. I'm not going to call him my dark horse Cy Young winner again, like I did last year, but. Uh, I think he could have a strong year. And the the big reality is the pickups. Can Eric Hosmer still play? I think that's a big question. He kind of got skated out in San Diego. Um, the trade to Boston was clearly just a salary dump. They knew that they, they were going to drop him. He's still laughing to the bank, but he's going to play for the Cubs. Good clubhouse guy. Good leader. It's he's, very, he's won before. He's not a bad baseball player. It's very much like kind of a ragtag team. Right. Like, you've got Dansby Swanson. And that's the big one. You got Ian Happ, who's obviously been there. And a solid, a really solid player. Yeah. I would love an Ian Happ on my team. 100%. Uh, Seiya Suzuki, Ian Happ, all-star? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think he was an all-star last year. Uh, Seiya Suzuki, Eric Hosmer, I mean, Trey Mancini, he was terrible in the playoffs, but still flashed the glove a couple times. The engine that could. Uh, Cody Bellinger. Cody, which, yeah. Reclamation project right there, I guess. Your house money. I but think that's a net former MVP. I think they signed him for like $9 million. Right. And then Tucker Barnhart as your catcher. Like, again, it definitely seems like, a, well, sure, you, all yeah. right, we'll take you. Yeah, what's the deal? Fine, you come aboard. And you're taking a back seat because you lose Wilson Contreras, and we'll get to him in a moment. Right. But you take a back seat because you lose him, but he's not, Barnhart's not terrible. No, that's why I brought him up. I think, I think the really interesting thing, the two things I'm going to be looking for when it comes to the Cubs is what does Dansby Swanson look like as the guy? The money he's making, the season he had last year, the World Series win, he's got the pedigree, he's a number one overall pick. I love him. I think he's great. I don't love him as much as I love, like, Xander Bogarts or Corey Seager. Um, you know, I, I still think I like Frankie Lindor a little more, but he's really good. How is he going to be... As the guy, because in in Atlanta, I mean, he was the number four guy in the infield with Austin Riley at third hitting bombs, Ozzy Albies being a five tool player and Freddie Freeman being an MVP and Acuna in the outfield. 
you know, and a big personality like uh, uh, Travis Darno behind the plate, you know, like Dansby was able to just kind of sit back and do what he does. Is he going to be able to do that in Chicago or is he going to get pressure to be the guy? And the other thing is, is David Ross a manager? Now you've got some real players, okay? The Cubs were bad for a few years. They brought Ross in. Let's see if this is a good idea. But they're bad. It's always hard to really judge managers when their team is bad. Unless you're a Bob Melvin. Then you're like, yeah, that guy's a great manager. But the Cubs have been bad. So those are the two things I want to see when it comes to the Cubs. And the creme de la creme of this division, without a doubt, is St. Louis. Speaking Uh, of Scotty Baseball. It, it it's St. Louis. Their lineup is um, it's pretty solid. You know they've got the reigning MVP in Paul Goldschmidt, who is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. They've got maybe the greatest defensive infielder of all time yes. in Nolan Arenado. It's funny of the that show. we talked in the first hour about uh, Hall of Famer third baseman for the Cardinals because guess what they got another one. Yeah, Nolan Arenado is easily. For any player that doesn't play for my team... Better than Scott Rowland. I definitely agree. <laughs> if you're a player, you know, I use this in all sports, you know, like in the NBA. I'm a Blazer fan. But my favorite players, if you're not a Blazer, are like Clay Thompson, Ja Morant, Jason Tatum. In baseball, if you don't play for my team, one of my favorite players in baseball is Nolan Arenado. And... He only got out the show. He only got outshined because his teammate won the MVP. And the big thing for them is they signed Wilson Contreras. Maybe the maybe one of the prizes on the market, not named, you know, Xander Judge or Correa. And I think he's gonna fit in perfectly. Like, how lucky are you in St. Louis to seamless transition? in a position that has almost been given up on from Yachty Molina, first ballot Hall of Famer, into Wilson Contreras. Doesn't call a game like Yachty. Can't throw it a second like Yachty, but he's a better hitter than Yachty. And he's been there before. He won a World Series. He knows how to do it. I think this team is really good. I love their starting starting rotation. Their bullpen is going to get better. This is just a really well-run organization. My real questions for them is what does Jordan Hicks look like? And can the kids that have dealt with a lot of injuries, Jack Flaherty, Dakota Hudson, can you get anything out of those guys? Can you get anything out of them? And is Jordan Montgomery the same Jordan Montgomery? I think this team could be really good. I think they could be really sneaky. No, the Cardinals, I mean... You're you're speaking of uh, pitching. I mean, offensively, one through six right now is looking pretty damn stacked. Uh, Tommy Edmond, who's awesome on the base, base paths, but gets on base a lot at that too. So perfect. Wilson Contreras, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Brendan Donovan, who came on strong for them, and because they did, they were able to say, "All right, Paul DeJong, get the hell out of here. We're going to move Tommy Edmond over shortstop." And so now that middle of the infield solidified. Yep. And Tyler O'Neill, that's your one through six right there. It's not bad. <laughs> not bad at it's all. It's not bad at all. What's your outfield going to look like? I think that's a fair question. Yeah, so their lineup card right now, it's saying Lars Newtbar mm-hmm. and Dylan Carlson. Yeah, they don't even know yet. Yeah, because they, um, oh, who did they trade to New York Harrison last year? Harrison Bader. Bader, that's right. So, 
Yeah, I think this is the team to beat. And I think if you, you know, we'll get to the other divisions later on, but I think if you're a Mets, a, a Dodgers, a Padres, Phillies, Braves, I, I think you're going to want to pay attention to St. Louis and make sure you don't overlook them because they've got two of the best baseball, two of the best hitters in all of baseball and just a fantastically run organization. So we uh, Cardinals on three. One, two, three. Cardinals. Cards. Cards. But I think the Cubs could be an interesting watch. So yep, keep an eye. For yeah. Sure. So if you're a Central fan in the National League, that's that's it. When we uh, next week uh, we'll slide over to the American League, but we'll stay in the same time zone. When we come back, we got some doozy of football games this week, and I want to shift gears and slide into that. This is the hot corner. Sweet sounds of Stevie Winwood. You, my man. This, this, this is a top code song for me. Uh, 503 1080 Hopefully we didn't bore you to death too much with Hall of Fame talk and the National League Central. Let's let's slide in some juicy hey, stuff. You know what? Blazers suck. Blazers do suck. NFL playoffs. Let's face it. Your favorite team is probably not in it. I mean, come on. Let's mix it up here. Yeah. Let's talk some Hall of Fame. I mean... Listen, the Hall of Fame ballot, they, it gets everybody's panties in a bunch every year, right? It's its one of the most hotly debated things in the history of baseball. Rabble, rabble. Yeah. Uh, speaking of rabble, rabble, uh, I don't know which game I'm more excited for, Joe, this weekend. Now, to preface any of you that are listening to the show for the first time, I'm a very casual NFL fan. I tend to watch marquee games and when i say marquee i tend to watch a little bit of sunday night football monday night football and thursday night football i do not spend my sunday watching red zone i don't play fantasy um but i watch enough sports you know and highlight shows and i read enough on the internet that i I know what's going on and i do care and i always tell my wife she's like why all of a sudden are you watching nfl and i'm like well i love sports any high competitive high stakes competitive game I'm going to be into, you know, I'll watch NBA finals. I'll watch NBA playoffs. I'll watch the Stanley cup playoffs. You know, I, I just like highly competitive games of, of any, of any realm. And so you'll watch wrestling. What the hell is the meaning of this? Without a doubt, Royal Rumble's on Saturday and I'm going to watch it. I know I, I won't, but I know it's on Saturday. Yeah. I, the Royal Rumble is one of my favorite things. It's the, the winner gets a shot at the bell at WrestleMania. The stakes can't be. Why is this happening? That killed him. He's dead. Sorry. Um. So this weekend, I mean, on paper, I, I would say the casual NFL fan on paper is going to be Chiefs Bengals. I I actually think the best game is going to be San Francisco Philly. I I I'm glad I'm not a gambler. <sighs> I'm really glad I'm not a gambler because I have no idea where I would put money on this. You you basically got backup quarterbacks as starters that are playing at high levels. I know Brock didn't play that great last week, but he's looked pretty good all season. Jalen Hart Jalen Hurts was a stretch in the second round, and he's probably going to win the MVP. He would if I had a vote. Offensive lines, defensive lines are pretty good. 
coaching is pretty good. I'm I'm excited for this game. You done? I am done, Joe. Um, done? Now, I will say this. I think there's a very good chance the Philadelphia Eagles win this game. And the biggest reason I think the Philadelphia Eagles will win this game is because I just watched Kyle Shanahan get outcoached by a coordinator and still won a football game. And you cannot play with fire. Joe, I know you're a diehard Cowboys fan. And I know this is a tough thing because the Niners knocked you out and you hate the Eagles. But if there's any solace you can take, Dan Quinn said, oh, you, you like the kid? You think you, you think the kid's real smart? I'll show you how to beat him. And I think Dan Quinn showed the league how to beat him. All right. The Cowboys just don't have a quarterback or a head coach. I am doing my absolute best to just put put the feels aside because it's been it's been a rough week. Joe, this is your show too, buddy. But when Say what you got to say. Just I hate life. I hate life sometimes. Just having having to watch this game this weekend, I'm not happy about it. With that being said, just because of fan bias, Yes. Which is fine to say. It's okay yes. to say yes. With that being said, there is still a football side of me that, listen, these, the these teams have. Yes, exactly. It like, might be bad heroin, but, the, I, but like. Put the logos and everything and the history and everything beside. There is a strategy going into this game. Let's talk about that, right? And when you look at the Niners before last week with the Cowboys, the Cowboys were easily the best defense and defensive line pass rush they had faced all season long. God, they look good. Guess what? The Eagles, just as good, if not better. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, as somebody who's not, you know how it is. If you're not a Yankee fan, you hate the Yankees. Right. If you're not, you know, if you're not a Cowboy fan, you hate the Cowboys. Uh, and so I was never a Cowboy fan, so I, I watch, I like watching them suffer. But man, Listen, can we not talk about the Cowboys? But man, okay. Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons. I guess my sports pants real tight. Okay. And the Eagles have guys just like that. And that's yep, what I mean. Exactly. That's the shout out to Dan Quinn. He showed he basically did film work for the Eagles on how to beat the Niners. And while Brock Purdy did not have a turnover, there were opportunities for turnovers. Uh, Trayvon Diggs dropped a pick, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not gonna. I don't want to break down the game, but he showed, he showed that he was human, that he is a rookie, and as you mentioned, as far as a scheme standpoint, showed that there is a way to beat this 49ers team. Second half of that game, they just fed the rock. They were giving it to Elijah Mitchell. McCaffrey's calf was hanging. So then they, they showed they just kind of wore him down, and it was a clinic. On the run game, too. I think the Eagles can... Uh, they got some dudes up front. They're thick up front, all right? Like, they... This... As much as I love to say the Cowboys have a great defense, I will fully admit that the Eagles, again, they might have a better defense. It might be better. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> you're going to be going to... You're going away. You're going to Philadelphia, of all places, to play in an NFC Championship game. Worst fans in football. It's it's lining up very, very well. Yeah, I see the text line. The kid didn't turn the ball over like the veteran did. Yeah, I know. I'm very well aware of it. But I, I 
And this I, is the thing: is it's all lining up for Philly, right? But I, I would argue, I would argue, Brock Purdy. Sure, he didn't have any turnovers. That's the worst game I've seen him play. Easily, easily. That's the worst game I've seen him play. And slide over to the he other. Literally, team. almost forgot to throw the ball out of bounds at the end of the first half. Yeah, and that would have cost them points. And, like he, <laughs> and you slide over to Philly, and the reach in the second round, the has no accuracy or arm, the system college quarterback. Yeah. But sure the Giants were happy to be there and are ahead of schedule and were no match for the Eagles. Hurts didn't look otherworldly. He didn't look Mahomes. He didn't look Joe. No. He didn't look Brady, but he looked pretty damn good. Well and, and man. I'm so- He's smart with the football. He doesn't he make mistakes. That team is well coached. They they don't beat themselves. Well, what kills me about the Eagles again, like fan side of me is just when I watch them, I'm like, bro, it's a gimmick offense. It's not like he is shredding teams right, apart. They right. run the ball. They do a bunch of RPO, read option crap, zone read. Like, come on! <laughs> but if it works, it works. And if you're running. For over 267 yards against a team in the NFL when you got grown-ass men out there, then I'm not going to hate on you. Hey, if you finish the season, what, 14-3 and three, that like they did, and you are in the, and you just beat a team in the playoffs 38-7 to seven and just stomp them into the ground, listen, the football side of me is going to be like, damn, that team looks really good and really scary, and right now is... I, I was saying on Sports Sunday that the 49ers are my pick going into the NFC champion or going to the Super Bowl, but one game, one week can, can change everything. Right. Everything. And the, can... and the Eagles got that confidence on both sides of the ball. And they're cooking. They're they're feeling good. You know, I heard something. I think I heard something this morning. I think the boys were talking about it in the morning that Shanahan and that 49ers offense had to change. They had to evolve because of how physical Dallas was up front. And so they had to play in a way that they weren't comfortable with. And they won the game. So testament to you guys, testament to the coaching staff, testament to that team for powering through it. But you're going to go against the same kind of situation. Sure, you have a little more time to plan, but it's still out of your comfort zone to where Philly is going to, Philly is rolling. Like they feel good. Our schemes are working because the Giants, sure, maybe a year ahead of schedule, maybe not deserve to be in that game. I mean, they're definitely better than Minnesota, but we all know Minnesota was a fraud. Well, the Giants were somewhat fraudulent as well, too. The Eagles don't have to change anything. They can keep doing what they do. The Niners are the ones that have to adapt. And I think that could spell some serious danger for this Niners team on Sunday. Well, this is why I kind of like anybody that comes out of the AFC is that their defense is both of them, Kansas City and Cincinnati, are playing very, very good right now. And their offenses are me more dynamic than Philly's is. Agreed. I think they're more dynamic than San Francisco's is. Yeah. Okay. And that's with I a mean, bunch of studs all over the place. Yeah. If you're Pro gonna... Bowl, Pro Bowl tight end, Pro Bowl wide receiver slash running back, you know, has Hall of Fame potential running back if he could, you know, not break himself there are studs but yeah man i i'm with you i'm i'm absolutely with you plus uh insiders bet uh i will take the eagles because if jalen hurts gets hurt 
Minshew will take him to a Super Bowl, and it'll be oh statues outside of Philly of Nick Foles <laughs> and Gardner Minshew high fiving the each Super other. Bowls that <laughs> they won. I was going to say real quick, like the system thing, Joe. Charlie Weiss, Bill O'Brien, and Josh McDaniels ran systems for two decades in New England, and they won Super Bowls because they had a wow. guy that could take them to a next level in wow, that system. Wow, going that route. So system's not a bad thing. Wow. You just need a guy to be a little bit better than the system. Going Patriots are just, it's just a system over there. That's all that matters. And Tom was the the catapult over that system. Okay. He took the system to the next level. Exactly, exactly. Like, Alex Smith is going to be just as good in that system, but Tom was good enough to take it extra, but it's still a system. Montana's the same way for Bill Walsh. It's a system, but Joe was able to take it to the next level. If you think so. Hot take, hot take. All right, we come back. We'll slide over to the AFC. This is Hot Corner First. There's Joe with sports. The Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. Coming up next week on the show, we'll dive into the American League Central and preview that. Plus, there's some uh, also other things going down in Major League Baseball that are worth touching on. You know, maybe some under the radar, under the radar uh, free agent signings. There was a trade involving the Twins and the Marlins that has me scratching my head a little bit. Uh, along with um, what's with. Pitchers that used to pitch in Cleveland all of a sudden being terrible people, and will Mike Clevenger get a job? <laughs> Dear God, next man. year, and will Trevor Bauer what a get a clubhouse? Job? That was a few right. years ago. Jeez, you Louise. sure know how to pick him, Patrick. Jeez, Louise. Um, so there's still a lot to get into. So make sure you tune in next week from seven to nine. <laughs> uh, and so make sure you turn in to, to catch some of that. Uh, but what's also really fun, you know, sticking with this NFL as we slide over into the American football conference, the AFC, uh, we got some familiar foes in here, uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City. And before we get into this game, you know, I, I, I like touching a little bit on what happened the week before. Boy, I can't wait to see what Jacksonville does in the next few years. I think they could be a lot of fun. They look they look tough. Doug Peterson is a coach. Yes, before we move on to the matchup, it's uh, right we spend a couple seconds on the losers. Yes, Jacksonville Jaguars, thank God they got Doug Peterson, an actual adult in the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad Trevor Lawrence got to enjoy an actual rookie season this year because he was having to deal with you know, Urban Meyer. Children. And, you know, that last year. So... Yes, very intrigued to see what happens. Um, with it looks them. like he's progressing. He's getting better. He still makes mistakes. And boy, uh, for the Bills, it was somewhat of a reality check for them <sighs> this last weekend. I can't. I can't agree more. Uh, I think you know. I do think weather always changes things, but I don't think it's an excuse. Um, I think. I think the Bills might be a team that's a little big for their britches. But then again, to that point. Of all teams to have weather end up biting them yep. in the butt and saying like, "Hey, guess what? Your team sucks uh, as far as being prepared for this moment yep. because of the type of football you play." I think all the talk of Scott McDermott, who I think is a great coach and I love his staff, for all the talk of Josh Allen being an MVP and taking the next step, I love Josh Allen, 
And for the talk of that roster being loaded, I agree. That roster is loaded. Problem is, is I think they knew that. And when you know that, you lose a little bit. And I'll tell you what, for two years in a row, Cincinnati hasn't thought that and has popped you. Uh, although I did desperately kind of want to see Kansas City Buffalo on a neutral site just to watch the media meltdown. Yeah, you but know, I'm glad. It but didn't. I'm also glad it didn't because I hate media meltdowns with sports. But also, thank God it didn't because that should never happen. Agreed. Uh, anyways, but um, also when it comes to the Bills, not to spend too much time on losers, but again, it's like they're just their offense was not ready for that moment. No, it's weird. I showed up, uh, I showed. I ran to the bar, like I snuck away and ran to the bar. I was like, I'm going to watch the second half of this game. And I walked in, and I didn't know the score. Turn on the TV to Channel 6 and get me a double? Yeah, I, I didn't know the score. And so I saw it, and I turned to my buddy who was sitting there. He's from Buffalo, big Bills guy. And I was like, what's going on? And he was kind of talking to me about some stuff. And I was like, is Josh bad? And he was like, no, we just can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, which sets us up for... Chiefs Bengals round two. Let's go. And this, you know, we we for the last couple of years we keep talking about Chiefs Bills being the games, and they've they've delivered a little bit. But Joe Burrow has entered the chat, <laughs> and way of putting it. And you know, I'm not going to sit here and break down Mahomes' ankle because I don't care. He's going to be good to go. They're going to wrap it. He's going to get a shot of some sort of illegal substance that he's not tested for. <laughs> And he's going to be good to go, and he's going to do Mahomes' things. I don't know if I can – I don't know. Brandon Sprague was ta- has talked about this last couple of days. He finds it very hard as a gambler to bet money against Patrick Mahomes. And I understand that because he's kind of a wizard. He can kind of pull, pull the tricks out of the hat, and he can be crazy and win stuff you don't expect him to. I am not a gambler, so I don't mean this in a financial situation. I just mean this in a narrative situation. I don't know if I feel comfortable betting against Joe Burrow. I was going to say, yeah, I don't know if you can make that statement. Well, and I guess we're going to find out Sunday, right? I hate to do the whole, well, I guess we'll see. We'll settle it on the field. But the way that things have gone for the Bengals over the last two years, it's kind of feeling that way that it's just like, you know, as you mentioned, Joe Joe Burrow saying like, "Hey, don't forget, uh, hey Patrick Mahomes, you were the second coming. Well, here I am now, and people have to start questioning who is the top dog in the AFC. Mahomes can do stuff that we haven't seen people do. I mean, his game is very unique, but Joe Burrow is a step ahead of everyone. Calm, cool, collected on the field as well. That dude is just." It's like he's just dead inside. <laughs> he just goes out and he balls and then just shows up with a cigar afterwards. And he's like, yeah, what'd you expect? <laughs> if I if I had to choose between the two teams, I'd probably take Mahomes. If I have to choose between the two teams, I'm probably going to take Andy Reid. You know, if if I choose between the, the rosters, I'm probably going to take Kansas City. There's just, there's just something about it, you know? They're down three starter offensive linemen. And... The Bills couldn't do anything. And, yeah. Joe Joe looked rough the week before. They were at his throat. And that's what's so perplexing about this matchup is that we thought that it, I mean, everything was lining up for the Bills last weekend. And mm-hmm. the Bengals, it wasn't as a matter of like, oh, yeah, Bengals won. No, Bengals dominated them, dude. Yeah. So it's, 
everything again for its uh, Chiefs home game. Patrick Mahomes, best in the league, trying to get back to the Super Bowl. He's already won it once, been there twice. Well, again, everything's lining up, but here comes Joe Burrow and the Bengals to spoil what you thought was going to happen. Yeah, we we, lo- we love doing comparisons, and, and I'll do this, this real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Um, I mean this more as a comparison in narrative and style and not in actual execution. But Mahomes reminds me a lot of, like, Brett Favre, okay? You never know what's going to happen. Something crazy could happen. Mahomes is better than Favre because he doesn't screw up as much as Favre. Joe reminds me of Tom. You're always like, this guy's not that great. This roster, I don't think they'll get it done this year. And then Joe just gets it done. I think Tom's smarter, more veteran, yada, yada, yada. I'm not saying Joe's better than Tom. I like I, Tom's the GOAT. But those are the styles that they remind me of. And Joe Burrow is just becoming this guy on my list that I just can't say no to. Like, I want more. Give me more Joe. And they're going to go to Burrowhead, and we'll see how it turns out. Who do you got? Real quick. <sighs> so... I'm liking Philly in the NFC, and in the AFC, I am liking the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll take Philly as well, and I'm going to go with Kansas City, or I'm going to go with Cincinnati, excuse me, for funsies. Cool. Because why not? All right, when we come back, we'll wrap this bad boy up the hot corner. Today, the fan. The hot corner on 1080, the fan. All right, we'll be back next week. Like I said, we're going to preview the American League Central. We'll talk about some trades, some other free agent signings in baseball, and we'll probably uh, maybe react to a little football as it's always a little fun to that. Uh, Damian Lillard right now has 50 points, and the Blazers are up by 14. Okay, I like the sound of that better. So I was I was bracing myself for 50 points, and, and they're, they're down by, by 10. <laughs> not that bad. Uh, yeah, this is Mike Trout. Okay, <laughs> it's getting so, there, and that's probably something we should talk about next week. You know, should should the Angels trade Shohei Otani because it's his last year there? Uh, so there's a lot to get to uh, next week. I wanted to share a story with you, Joe, that my wife and I are having a lot of fun messing around with these days. We were at Costco uh, two weeks ago, Seahawks Niners game, okay? home of the chicken bake. Seahawks Niners were playing later that afternoon. I believe it was a Saturday. And we had made plans to meet up with some friends of ours uh, who uh, one of them is a Niners fan. The other is a Packer fan. You know, she's from here. He's from Wisconsin. Uh, And they're just really great friends of ours. And so we're meeting up with them to watch a little bit of the game, but we wanted to run some errands. So we run to Costco. And we live in southwest Washington, which... Portland has a pretty large Seahawk following, but it is not like Southwest Washington. I mean, you got guys in giant trucks with 12 flags next to their, you know, MAGA flags. Like, it's it's wild up there. <laughs> and and as somebody who is not a Seahawk fan, I was never really a hater. My dad was a big Seahawk fan, you know. He used to have a giant poster of Steve Largent in his office. And, uh... But, you know, once Russ came in and the winning started happening, uh, I, I found Seahawk fans to be a little heavy, a little a little much at times. Uh, I would I would question. Are you their... tell me when uh, fan base 
earns a little success that they let it go to their heads a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like Red Sox fans. What? It just kind of it just kind of started to drive me nuts. No. I started to question if you actually know the ins and outs of the game. Or or what? And you can enjoy casually. Like I enjoy casually. If somebody you start came, gatekeeping, yeah. If somebody if somebody came to me and was like, uh, "No, Philly is actually going to get torched because they run a Tampa two, and the way Shanahan runs his offense, it torch." You know, you, you tell me that and be like, "Oh, okay. You you clearly know more than me." But we're at Costco, and it's like eleven o'clock, and I saw no joke four guys ranging between the age of 25 and 60 in Seahawk gear through Costco. And they looked so, they looked either one, miserable, or two, massively impatient. Like, we got to get in, we got to go, Hawks game is coming up in like an hour. So my wife and I, you know, as, as, what, as lovers of people watching, just decided to create narratives for all these people. And long story short, what we decided on is anytime you ever get really crazy and things get out of hand and you really want to rile somebody up, you just keep it going and you got and then you just kind of go, go Hawks. <laughs> go Hawks. And we've decided go Hawks is like our big, <laughs> like our big statement when uh, we really want to make fun of the tension of the situation. I'm so excited right now. I don't know what to do. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs> And I am looking forward to the next 30 years, 50 years with my wife of yelling the term Go Hawks in extremely inappropriate and non-correlated moments. Just on your deathbed. Closer. Go Hawks. Closer. Go Hawks. I know. And I, 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 I last it, words are go Hawks. It, it, it's not super fun or fair to make fun of Seahawks fans because I'm sure hey, Viking fans are like this. Dolphins Cowboys fans, fans have been like getting this. made fun of the last 25 years. Okay. Well, that's I will dish you haven't it been good for long. 25 years. Okay. Exactly. That, I will dish it all day long. Okay. You know, and the sodium levels are an all time high. This you know, week. I, and I'm sure the OG, you know, the, 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 the OG franchise is like, the Steelers, who have won a ton of Super Bowls, I'm sure they have awful fans. And teams that haven't won anything have awful fans. And new people like Tampa or Kansas City probably have awful fans. Buffalo, etc. There's just something about those Seahawks fans. And maybe it's proximity. And maybe it's the whole Russ fallout. And maybe it's the you haven't won anything and then you won something and now you're on the top of the world. I felt this way in 2004. Red Sox fans were acting like they were the greatest franchise in the history of baseball. And it's like you haven't won anything since, you know, there was there, there was a zero. The third number was a zero. <laughs> or, no, sorry, it wasn't. It was a one. The third number was a one the last time you did anything. I just find it fun to make fun of Hawks fans. Joe, is there any other team that you, any other fan base that you like to make fun of as much as I like to make fun of Seahawks fans? Well, no, because as I mentioned, I'm a Cowboy fan, so I don't really have room to talk. because You have to mind your peas. Yeah, exactly. Because honestly, I will say, though, um, after Sunday, um, I personally didn't receive much of any hate or memes or funny, you know, photos or videos or anything like that sent to me directly. 
because I've seen them all. I think people get that with Joe. It's like, we can't, how are we going to make fun of Joe and the Cowboys this time? What, what right. new meme isn't out there? It's like, I just saw him on my Twitter five seconds ago. <laughs> all right. So there is that, but yeah, there are other times where it's like, listen, you, I get it enough. I'm going to have to dish it out. So Seahawks, they are an easy target because they are close by. You know, Sprague, he was running his mouth about the Cowboys the other day. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the Cowboys won a Super Bowl uh, more recently than the 49ers did. So That is true. As much as you, yeah, conference championship appearances, Super Bowl appearances, that's all nice. But did you finish your season with a W? No. No. Did Go you Hawks. end up hoisting that uh, Lombardi trophy? No. No. Last time I checked, Cowboys did it in 96, 49ers did it in 95. Okay. And last time I checked... Autzen Stadium has the giant number of national championships they've won right in dead center of their field. See, you didn't have to do that. That's fun, too, though. That's See, really fun. Okay. I told you my sodium levels this week. The saltiness that runs through my veins this week is not its not healthy, and then you got to throw that last literally seconds before we close the show. Buckle up, buttercup. All right, I, I hate sports. That'll do it for us. We'll be back next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's Rob Tires Podcast at TanyTheFan.com and the Odyssey app. I'm Patrick Harris. That's Joe Fisher. Go do something I would do. Go Hawks. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.